The reading this morning is taken from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 to 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, no, sorry, I urge Oedia and I urge Sinchi to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with, yeah, thank you, Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whichever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, so this morning we're continuing in Philippians. Uh, we're, we're in this amazing passage from Philippians 4 uh, with so much powerful truth uh, in it. Truth that meets us with what we need in life and equips us in a way to live in this life in which we can represent Christ well in this world. Uh, I wonder if anyone has ever heard this phrase, come to Jesus and life will be easy. Uh, you may see my footnote, and you may reference a sermon from a couple of weeks. That this is from the book of Scubala. Does anyone remember what Scubala was? The book of rubbish. Uh, <laughs> that's right. It's, uh, not Scooby Doo. Uh, the the book of rubbish. Because actually, life is challenging. Even life with Jesus can be challenging. Jesus doesn't say, "Come to me, and all your troubles will go away." Jesus says, come to me and I will be with you always to the end of the age. So not that your troubles will go away, but your troubles will be bearable, that you'll be sustained, that you'll be strengthened, that you'll find joy, that you'll find hope, that in your weariness you'll find energy to go on. Come to Jesus and life will be easy. No, we don't get a free pass from the the difficulties of life. And in life, I, I feel like, these aren't the only stumbling blocks we hit, but these are three stumbling blocks that we regularly hit. Uh, In in life, each of us have purpose to fulfill. Uh, Sometimes the the lack of purpose is a stumbling block, difficulty in in finding purpose, but difficulty in fulfilling purpose is often a stumbling block for for each of us. Uh, When when you're doing work, uh, you hit uh, a person or a task that is difficult that requires more of you than you actually have and we can there make a choice do, do I continue with it or do I find something easier this is hard maybe I'm not meant for, meant to do this this is requiring more than I think that I have maybe I'm not meant to do this life would be easier if I was doing something else uh, difficulty of Fulfilling purpose gets in our way. The difficulty of people. 
I always say church would be so much easier without people. Life would be so much easier without people because, you know, you could just get on and get done what you need to do. But the reality is actually life is all about people. It's all about relationships. And people are difficult. I'm difficult. You're difficult. In our own special and beautiful way, all of us are a little bit difficult. And what that means is as you're seeking to fulfill purpose, uh, you're doing it in relationship with others, you come across people that are, that are difficult. Maybe it's your interpretation of the people. Maybe they just are. <laughs> Maybe they just are. We, we all know the people that can cause a question or raise a problem with everything that you say or try and do. Uh, we, we all know the, the people that uh, get in our way and, you know, irk us, different people. Different strokes for different folks. Different people do it for different people. But people can be difficult. And that's, that can become a stumbling block. You know, life, life will be easier if that person wasn't in my life. So I'm going to make the choice to be over here where they're not. Because they're not making the choice to be where, somewhere else other than where I am. Uh, so people can be difficult and they can take us off what, what our purpose is. Well, then there's also the difficulty of the unknown future. I know what the past has looked like, but I don't know what the future is going to look like. I know what the next month uh, we've planned for, but I don't know what it's going to look like. Last month, last year, around this time, we did a similar thing, and we had no idea that we'd be experiencing again what we experienced the year before. Planning for the future is difficult, and it's so much easier just to live in the present and not think about it. So in life, we, we hit these uh, three things plus more things that cause us to stumble away from the purpose that God has for each of us. And life gets difficult, but there's one aim for all of us in life, that we can leave a legacy through the choices we make today and tomorrow. You can't change your past. You can't change what you've done or what you've not done, but you can change today and you can change tomorrow and you can leave a legacy there through what you do. The temptation in this world is, is to consume our own legacy now, right? To, uh, to make something, to make money, and to spend it on a holiday. You, you've, you've created a legacy of wealth, and then you've consumed that wealth as you've spent it now. The temptation is to use what we've done because we've earned it, to, to use our legacy on ourselves. And so we're, we're tempted to see that the whole picture of life is to build a legacy that we can enjoy. Most people move beyond it. As they, as they get older, they, they might have children, and so they want to sow legacy into their children. Then they might have grandchildren, and they want to sow a legacy into their grandchildren. And these are all good things. But let me encourage you that the legacy that God's given you to sow is bigger than you can do on your own and is bigger than you've thought of in your own thoughts. You see, God says, I can do far more than you can think of or imagine. And he wants to do that through not just me, but each of you. He wants to do far more than you can think of or imagine. And he wants to do it in the lives of people. Philippians 4.1 Paul says, uh, you, <laughs> therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and I long for, 
my joy and crown. Stand firm in the Lord this way, my beloved. Paul looks to them and he's been talking in this prize language. Run after the prize. Uh, pursue the prize. A prize has been stored up for you in heaven. And he's saying, actually, you are part of my prize. You are my joy and crown. The Philippian church, which has come from, from very little, <laughs> you, these three people, for those that are new here this morning, Lydia, the demonic slave girl, and the Philippian jailer, they're part of his joy and crown. When he hits heaven, he's going to celebrate and go, God, these, these are my good work. And a few weeks ago, we talked about humility and how uh, humility is not saying the, the good thing. Humility is, is about acknowledging what is true. So when you've done something good and it's true, Paul, in this case, with these people there, he's joined crown, he's done something good through God and it's true. He can celebrate that. And that's not prideful. That's true. And God wants us to build legacy in the people that we live with. And as long as there's breath in our bodies, there's opportunity to sow legacy in the people around us. So we live in life and we have a purpose. We can leave legacy through the choices we make today and tomorrow, but we hit stumbling blocks, don't we? We hit difficult people, we hit uh, the difficulty in fulfilling our purpose, the difficulty of an unknown future. So what happens when division comes? What happens when the enemy gets in the, in the way of purpose? What happens when the enemy gets in the way of relationships? What do we do? Well, in this passage, Paul gives us a really clear, helpful teaching in how we can live uh, for God and continue in his purpose for us. I'm going to lay it out five points. Rejoice in the Lord. Uh, pursue a path that leaves legacy. Uh, you can see the first numbers in each point. Recognize the place of worry and pray. Expect God to answer your prayers in his time, but with peace in this time. And think in this way. So these are the five things we do. And let me encourage you, you've got Bibles in your pews uh, I'm going to be reading parts of the scripture, so it's really helpful. We're in page uh, 955 in your pew Bibles that are there. And, and so the first task for all of us is to rejoice in the Lord. Uh, we've, we've heard about the division of Euodia and Syntyche, uh, great gospel workers who've partnered well with Paul, and he's encouraging the, the church uh, to support them. That these people have had a heart for serving God's purpose, but they've hit a difficulty. And, and Paul's uh, encouraging the church to support them. And then he gives them a, a teaching that helps them to understand how uh, they can deal with difficulty and maintain focus. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. When Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, it's not a nice thing to do. It's actually a command. He's saying rejoice in the Lord always. When? When life's hard, uh, when you feel like uh, anger is welling up within you, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, when you're sad, rejoice in the Lord. When you're feeling hopeless, re rejoice in the Lord. When life is going well, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord 
always. And Paul's giving us this command because he recognizes that uh, the, the circumstances of life can either be overwhelming in a bad way or fill us too much uh, because they're, they're good. And Paul doesn't want us to be overly occupied with the things of this earth because he wants us to have eyes fixed on the prize that is in heaven. And so rejoice in the Lord. And as we lift our eyes from our circumstances, as we lift our eyes from difficulty, everything pales in comparison to the greatness of the God that we worship. And so he says rejoice in the Lord because that very act of lifting will lead you back into purpose that God has for you. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. I've phrased this, pursue a path that leaves legacy. In every, every moment, there's an opportunity to invest well in people. It's so easy to take the shortcut route, isn't it? To, when you want something, uh, to get angry and demand it. That's it. In most cases, Unless someone's going to get hit by a car, that's the shortcut route. Paul gives us an instruction to do, say, let your gentleness be known to everyone. See, the, the Lord's not harsh with us. He's gentle with us. He's patient with us. He's kind with us. And he reminds them that the, the Lord is near because we're meant to act in partnership with the Lord. And so when... Difficulty comes, the, the temptation is to, to shortcut it and to deal with it in our own strength, in our own time, rather than being gentle. The, the, the person that gentle wants not only the, the, the difficulty resolved, but the relationship kept whole. Not only difficulty resolved, but relationship kept whole. And so when we hit difficulty, we don't want to railroad through someone because we want the person that we're experiencing difficulty to, with to, to be with us on this journey. And quite often this, this takes a lot of time. But when you're gentle with people, when you're kind to people, when you give them the opposite of what they deserve, what, what you find at the end is you generally win over friends and partners, companions. Yoda and Sintiki were partners and companions. They've hit a difficulty and Paul's wanting them to head back this place of gentleness where they're caring for each other, remembering that God's watching their every word. God's wanting to lead them in a place of reconciliation, healing. So pursue a path that, that leaves a legacy. You, you know, when you do this with kids, and so I don't nail it every time with my kids, when we do this with kids and grandkids, be patient, be gentle, be kind, help them. To, to see the big picture, to understand what's wrong, and to know that they're loved the whole way, uh, what you do is you actually disciple someone in that moment. So when I say leaving a, a legacy, you're teaching someone the way of Jesus, and then they're learning to walk in the way of Jesus so that then they can teach other people the way of Jesus. Now, this takes time, and it doesn't always happen uh, easily. And often, if you're leading this, it requires a lot of capacity and for you to carry tension. But that's the, the way of Jesus, and God is near to you. Recognize the place of worry. Uh, verse 6, Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Quite often when, when people cause difficulty for us, when people are, are being troublesome for us, uh, it's because 
that there's a concern or worry that is sitting there for them. Recognize that, that worry is not just in you, it's in other people. And then pray. And be confident uh, that, that God wants to answer the, the anxious prayers that you're giving. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so, point four, expect God to answer your prayer in his time, but with peace in this time. What am I saying? The, the things that we pray for aren't always answered in the, in the timing that we want, are they? You might find yourself over many years praying for something and not see the result. But you can expect that in this time, as you are praying for it, God will give you his promise of peace that uh, it's not just we've got this, but you, you and him, we've got this. He's got this. And so you can be trusting in your anxious thoughts, in your worry, that he's wanting to bless you with peace now, even if you haven't seen the answer to prayer yet. And then think in this way. Verse 8, Beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Paul's teaching us a way of thinking. Uh, when we hit difficulty, it's so easy to be consumed by the, the thing that is difficult, the person that is difficult, the purpose that is difficult. It's so easy to just feel like that overruns our thoughts, our dreams, keeps us up at night. Well, Paul says, actually, what you need to think about is what is honorable. When you're finding someone difficult, don't think about five ways to uh, <laughs> make them less difficult or all the things that you want to do to them or the things that you want to say to them that you won't say but you really want to say. No, think in this way, whatever is honorable. That is, honor other people. See them as God sees them. Whatever is just, whatever is right in God's eyes, think of those things. Whatever is pure. Whatever is not driven by your, your flesh or your anger or your own worry, but whatever is, comes from the, the Spirit of God living in you. Whatever is pleasing to who? Not you, God. Uh, whatever is commendable. Uh, by God, if there's anything excellent, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So we do these things, five, five things well. Rejoice in the Lord, pursue a path with others that leaves legacy, recognize the place of worry and pray, expecting God to answer our prayers uh, in the future, but uh, now with peace and thinking in this way. If we live this way in relationship with each other as a church, we will see fruitful legacy born through our lives together. Uh, Paul says it this way in verse 9. He, he says, Whatever you have learned, uh, whatever you have received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You see, for each of us, uh, God wants to do far more than we can think of or imagine. He wants to use us in ways that we didn't believe to do things we didn't think we could do. To build up people 
that didn't believe in themselves or think they could do things themselves. In order that through each of us, one person at a time, one relationship at a time, one difficulty at a time, a legacy is left not just here, but in the world that we live in. We have an hour here, maybe an hour and a half, sometimes like today where we have lunch afterwards, uh, a, a few more hours each week. This isn't about you leaving necessarily the legacy here. This is about you being filled up so that when you're in your home, your family, your work, your shopping center, you're a legacy-leaving person in this world. And the legacy that you leave is His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Let me pray. Our Father God, thank you for your great love and kindness to us in calling each of us your own. I thank you that you chose us with purpose in mind. I thank you that you chose us to be a legacy-leaving people in this world. I thank you for the, for the joy uh, that it brings uh, us to partner with you, uh, to see your work through us. Help us, Lord, to, to see uh, what it is that you have in your hand for us. Sustain us, Lord, as we're finding it difficult. And help us to, to, to live in the way that Paul has instructed us to live. Uh, Lord, we're, we're finding life difficult. We thank you that you want to meet us in that place of difficulty. And you might like to, just before the Lord, quietly name your place of difficulty uh, before him now. Tell him what you're finding hard. Ask him for what you would like him to do. And so, Lord God, you're the God of this universe. We look to you as the one who is in charge. The one that sees all and knows all. The one that is already assigning angels to answer our prayers. And we pray in the middle, where, where you meet us now, that you would fill each of us with a peace that doesn't make sense. And we pray this in your name. Amen. We're called to, to be God's people in the world, to live in a way that doesn't make sense to the world because he is with us. It's a peace that passes understanding because people should look at your lives and the difficulty you experience with people and purpose. Uh, people should look at that and go, how are they still peaceful in the middle of that? How are they still standing in the middle of that? How are they still living? And it's because his peace that makes no sense is with us, empowering us to live for him in this world. So let's do that in the name of Jesus. Amen.